Radio. Mary, Woman and Mother. A talk by Lorena Porto Carrero at the Immaculata Mission School 2013, held at St. Thomas Beckett Parish in Lewisham, Sydney. So I thought, okay, what, you know, like what's, what will be better, nothing better than, than speaking about Mary as our model of, of woman, as our model of, of Christian, but at the end, our model of woman. So I just wrote a couple of, of reflections from my own experience, basically, and, and our reflections in community, and maybe, maybe you've heard about them, you know, but as any beautiful teaching of our church, we can listen to them many, many times, and there's always something new that the Lord wants to tell us, and I'm really happy that we have her here with us, so she, she's, you know, like the main character, she's actually the protagonist of, of tonight, because she is the one that is going to teach us how to be beautiful and true, and true women of God. So, as we know, Mary is always present in our lives. Even though we, do know, we don't always notice about her, her presence is many times, yeah, her presence is many times silence, silent. You'll have to forgive me for my, you know, like funny Spanish terms sometimes, but you'll, you'll go be, everybody who knows me here, they know that like, you can't present that and go beyond that and go to the essence of the message. It's not that bad, actually. I've been living here for six years, so <laughs> it's improved. Okay, so we know that our her presence is, is many times silent, but we know that her presence is always constant. We know that it's active and effective. She is Mary, our model and mother. There are a lot of people who find it hard to understand the role of Mary in our life as Christians. The, the love that we profess for Mary is not just a devotion or a pious act. Our love for Mary is much more intense, rich, and deep. This is because of the, of the very close relationship that there is between Mary and Jesus. A unity that is profound as a, like, as profound as a mystery. It's very mysterious, like the unity that is between Jesus and Mary is very mysterious, it's very spiritual, it's very deep, it's very rich, because they are mother and son. But also because she's the mother of God. Also because she's the person that is closest to Jesus. So even though we try to get our, hands, our heads around it, we won't really get it. So, but it's, it's a mystery that is always beautiful to, to explore and to pray about and to try to reflect on. But basically what I'm trying to say is that we, we have a love for Mary that is different than the love that we have for other saints. We have a love of, for Mary that it should be more than just affection. And sometimes it's true that we, we see Mary as, as a gem, as a jewel that is meant to be admired, but sometimes we just stop there. Sometimes we don't go beyond that. Sometimes it's just like a precious thing that we look and we know she's our mother, but we don't really know how to make her our mother in, in the first person, right? Like to really, what does it mean that she's my mother? Like every day, you know, like, like a mother. And sometimes that's hard because we don't really know how to relate to our own moms or maybe just because we don't really know much about Mary in her daily life. You know, like different, it could be different things, but sometimes, and because of society that we live in, Many things, sometimes we don't really know how to relate to her in, in a daily basis. 
Sometimes it's just prayers and, and we stop there. But we have to come to understand the beautiful and the immense and the deep meaning of the fact that Jesus himself has allowed us to love Mary with the same love that he loved her. He gave Mary to us when he was on the cross for us to have her as, as our own mother. And what does our mother, what does a mother do? They, they form us, they teach us, they guide us. So who is better than Mary to guide us towards being true women? Her being the perfect woman. So who else are we going to look at for a model than Mary herself? So Mary is not just a precious jewel that we are to admire from the outside, but it's a person who is active in our lives, always ready to intercede, to act. She is always guidance and example. She's always loving, tender, and welcoming. She's always active in your life. There's nothing more important for Mary than our salvation. There's nothing that she cares more than our own salvation and our own conversion. Her spiritual motherhood, the fact that she is our mother, is very real. It's not just symbolic. It's not like, like she's our mother. She is actually our mother. And... Sometimes we, you know, like faith is a journey and it's a process and sometimes we don't fully grasp these terms, like we know they are true, but sometimes it's, we understand some things about faith, but it's hard to make it our own. If you're in that situation, pray to her, ask her. That's what I did. I asked her, be my mom, help me to welcome you as my own mom, as a perfect mom. Her spiritual motherhood is very real. It's not just symbolic. Her mission is to help us to grow, to become more and more like Jesus, becoming another Christ. That, how long have you been here for? How, long, how many days? Nine. So by now you already know that your mission in life is to be another Christ. Um, or you're praying to understand that more, but that's, that's why we are on earth, to become another Christ. So she is the perfect person to teach us how to do that. Okay, so how does it, what does it mean that, that she's, she's present in our lives? Like, she, she's dynamic, she's active, she's effective in her motherhood. What does that mean? That she leads us to Christ. She leads us to the fullness of our encounter with her son. That's Mary's apostolate. That's Mary's mission. There's a motto that is very similar to your motto, like to, to the community's motto here, but... There's a motto in my community that is very close to yours, that is through Christ to Mary and through Mary more fully to the Lord Jesus. So there you see the beauty of the church, very similar. What does this mean? That Jesus points us towards Mary and he says, there's your mother. But for what? So Mary can take us more fully to the Lord Jesus. She shows us Jesus with all, this, with all the eyes. Okay, so first I'm going to try to explain how is she our mother, how is she active, and then I'll explain in more concrete ways why is she our model. But I think if we, we really need to understand that she's active, present, real in her motherhood, in her presence in our life, and then we can understand, okay, how can she actually concretely be a model for me as a woman, okay? So it is very interesting to see how this, this, in this path of becoming more and more like Jesus, 
the closer we get to him, the closer we know him, the more we, re we discover Jesus' heart. Something very dear to our faith is also the devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. And the more we get closer to Jesus' heart, we discover the things and the people, the things is a word, but the things that he loves the most. And the more we get to know Jesus, we discover the great love that he has towards her, his own mother. And as a good son, he leads us towards her. He wants us to know her. He himself wants us to love her as he does. The more we love Mary as Jesus did, the more we learn how to be like Jesus. So if you want to be more like Jesus, we have to see how he loves Mary. When he when the more we love Mary as Jesus did, the more we learn how to be like Jesus. Remember that. When he was on the cross, he entrusted to her the care of all humankind. And you are part of humankind. So he entrusted her, each one of you. He said, woman, behold, your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold, your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home, to his own heart. So in this way, as we deepen in our relationship with Jesus, we cannot escape from the hands of Mary. This is what she does when we get to her. When we got from Jesus' heart to Mary's heart, we discover in it, in Mary's heart, the greatest love for her son. And then she, leave, she leads us back to him. So she was always generous and faithful. She showed us the way to be like her to overcome the difficulties of life, to be saints. She will, teach us, she will teach us how to love him with the same love that she loved him, to know him as she knew him. She wants, because she's a mother, she wants to form us, she wants to shape our hearts. How did she learn motherhood? Forming and educating Jesus. That's what she wants to do with us. So what a... You know, like, what, a, what, what is greater than that? That's the greatest gift that Jesus gave us. Well, one of the greatest, he gave us himself. But the second greatest gift that he gave us is his own mom. So who could know Jesus better than his own mom? Who can teach us to be like him better than his own mother? So there are things that we can learn from her, from her motherhood. Well, there are things that we can learn from her response to Jesus, from her response to God's plan. So there are some attitudes in Mary, our mother, that she's truly our mother, that we can learn in order to be more faithful to Jesus, in order to be truly Christians. So when we deepen in our vocation of Christians, of Catholics, we discover the need and responsibility of responding with love and fidelity to the plan that God has for each of us. Our mother Mary is a clear model of someone who has totally and faithfully responded to God's plan. And she's just totally, and re totally responded to her own vocation, to her own call to be a human person. So she's a clear model of humanity. She was able to respond to God's plan because she had practiced her faithfulness in every circumstance of her life. And I'm going to go more practically into that in a second. We know that Jesus is the fullness of humanity. And on top of that, we 
as women, have a great gift of, being, of having a model of woman, and that's Mary. So on top of Jesus being our model of a person, of humanity, we have a model for womanhood, and that's Mary herself. She's the paradigm of Christianity, yes, of apostleship, yes, but she's also a model of human. So I'm going to talk about different characteristics in the life of Mary, a path that Mary has followed in her life, so we can discover how she is the way to get closer to Jesus and to be faithful to God. How to be faithful to God and to be faithful to our own very happiness and our vocation comes from making a radical choice for the Lord, having our hearts always welcome, always welcoming his plan. Okay, so there are different steps in the life of Mary. There are actually five steps in the life of Mary's. Okay, yeah, I think there are five. I'll go through them. We, call, we can call them steps in the life of Mary or dimensions in the life of Mary that you'll see how she responded to God's plan. And I'll try to give you some hints in how this can help you to grow closer to Christ. But then you have to pray and think about how do they apply to you personally because here I am going to give a, a general view but God has a plan for each of you. He loves you in, it, in a very unique way. So then you have to make the effort to say, okay, how will that see apply to my own life? Okay, so first characteristic or dimension or step in Mary's life is the search, like searching, okay? Openness and search in the life of Mary. Holy Mary seeks the plan of God. She searches for the profound meaning of of the divine, like the meaning of, of God in her life, okay? She knows that the Lord has something prepared for her, and she seeks out for that. She looks for more light in order to be faithful to what the Lord requests from her. Blessed John Paul II on the films, there won't be fidelity if in the root there is not this burning, patient, and generous shares search. There won't be fidelity if in the root there is not this burning, patient, and generous search. If we look at the passage of the Annunciation, when the Archangel Gabriel comes to Mary, and he, I'm just going to paraphrase this, and then he announces that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah, she asks, how can this be? How can this be if I do not know man? Okay, so this does not really mean that she's saying, oh, this is not possible, bye. She's trusting, but she's saying, how? Show me how. I want to know how. So I am ready. John Paul II says, pointing at Mary as model of faith, he acknowledges how a denunciation, Mary is before an unexpected and mind-blowing message. message. Okay? She is going to become the mother of the Messiah that he has been expected for thousands and thousands of years. But she does not react with doubt, but she seeks for more light. As she asks, how can this be? Motherhood, complemented with virginity that she feels called to live. So she's saying, okay, she, John Paul II interprets with all the fathers of the church that Mary had already um, consecrated her life to God in virginity. That's why she's saying, how can this be if I don't know, like, I don't know man, like, if I am going to give myself 
fully to the Lord. So how can this be that I'm going to be a mother? So she's asking that question, but she's not doubting. She's saying, how? Show me. So I will respond. And you can tell that she's not doubting, that she's asking for more lights with faith. Because if you look some a few passages before in the Bible, when John the Baptist's um, dad was announced about the birth of his chi own child, he also asked a question, and then the, the angel said, because you have doubted, now you, you won't be able to speak. So there was a negative consequence of that. But with Mary, he, when she says, how can this be? The archangel actually explained to her, well, the Holy Spirit will come to you. So he gives more answers. So that's, a, that's actually a way that we can tell. And there's more, you know, like studies in the Bible and everything. But this is my very concrete example that we can see by ourselves that, well, actually, yes, she wasn't really doubting. Because then the answer from the archangel would have been different. So he gives more lights and says the Holy Spirit is going to come to you. So basically the point is that she's searching. This is a very concrete example how she says, okay, I see that God is asking me this. I have to search for more. Okay? The angel gives an answer revealing that it will be the fruit of the Holy Spirit, of the all-powerful God. She asks for more light in order to be faithful. She looks deeper. She doesn't have a shallow attitude in life that sometimes we do have she knows that god is always speaking to us god is always speaking to us mary knew the scriptures from before and this is really interesting because if you read the magnificat which comes afterwards in the bible when she goes and see her cousin elizabeth and she prays the magnificat in this prayer in this hymn you can tell that she knew the history and the story of her, of her own people, and that she learned it in the scriptures. She knew scriptures. Why am I pointing this out? Because she was searching, so she was always praying. She was preparing her heart. She wasn't sitting there saying, oh, I want a sign, God, what do I do to be faithful? She was actually praying. She was being active from before. So when the Lord actually came and spoke to her a bit more clearly, she, she knew. She was able to understand. So she was proactive, if we want to put it in our terms. She was searching. So she knew scripture. She was preparing her, her heart. So if I want to listen or to know what God wants from me, I need to search. I need to respond. Because he is already speaking to me. I need to be in tune with God. He's already speaking. He speaks in the silence of my heart. I have to listen to him. I have to make habits of prayer. I need to, to learn and hear the, the, the sisters or the leaders can help you how to pray in silence as well. How to be in silence in front of the Lord. I can give you some tips later, but my point is that we have to learn how to be silent as well in our hearts because he whispers. Sometimes he shouts. But sometimes he whispers. He speaks to us all the time through our daily life as well. Or through, through people that we know. Or these two weeks he's going to be speaking, speaking. He's been talking a lot to you as well. So he is active. And Mary is proactive. So she has this attitude of searching. Okay? We can see this in the visitation as well. She goes out. 
She doesn't remain in her own little box waiting for something to happen. During the visitation, after the angel leaves her, okay, sacred scripture says, during those days, Mary set, set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zachariah and greeted Elizabeth. Mary, right after the Annunciation, she goes immediately in haste to meet, to meet her cousin, to serve, serve her because she found out that, she, that her cousin was pregnant. She goes out to serve her in any way that, Mary, that Elizabeth needed. She does not wait for a special sign, as I said. She doesn't let the time fly. All the distance, because it was like 130 kilometers up the hill, okay? So neither the distance, walking up the hill was not a problem. So basically, to put it in our terms, in our age, the discomfort and the tiredness was not a problem for her. So how many times when something gets difficult, we say, oh, really, I can't be bothered? How many times we don't, when God is not really clear and I don't really know what to do, I just give up? How many times I don't really make the effort to understand what is going on with my life and what is God telling me through the things that I live during the day? So she knows that God is asking and she responds quickly. So pain is not an obstacle. She bears the greatest treasure and full of joy. She bears Jesus in her heart and she just wants to share it with the ones that she loves. She is impelled to serve, to live apostolic service, bringing the Lord to others, that is her family, but also in solidarity, in service, help her, helping her cousin, her pregnant cousin in whatever she needs. She seeks for ways to love and serve. She tries to find a way to give, to give herself to others. So she's searching for ways to serve the Lord. She does not sit down to discover God's plan. She goes for something. When you don't know what you are meant to be doing, go for something. When you are between two things, go for one. And always go for the one that demands love from you. Self-giving and self-sacrifice. That's how you know which one is God's plan. Search, okay? That's one. Second, welcoming God's plan. They're all intertwine and they all overlap so <laughs> bear with me but second welcoming God's plan so after listening to the call of God Mary answers with the beautiful fiat with the beautiful let it be done our mother welcomes the plan of God in her heart not only in her womb but in her heart she does not does, she doesn't do it with resignation but with the readiness of those who are open to the mystery, to what the Lord has lovingly prepared for them. When Mary says her fiat, her yes, she has accepted joyfully and trustfully what God is asking from her. Mary did not fully understood, did not fully understand everything in that very moment. There were many things that she did not understand, but she said yes. Because she knows that God's plan is perfect. How many times us girls, women, are control freak? How many times? 
If we're going to do something, I have to know what's going to happen. I need to understand what does she want? Why is she asking me that? Why did he say that? What is going to happen? Everything has to be planned. Everything needs to be under control. Everything, I don't know, but we are the queens of to-do list. I don't know, all these little things that are like, has to be perfect. I need to understand what is going to happen. I need to know. You name it. There are different faces to this phenomenon in womanhood. But Mary teaches us that if we want to be faithful to God, we have to trust. This is a life of faith. And faith requires not knowing some things. And when it's faith in God, it means not knowing a lot of things. But that's okay, because who is our rock? We are not, tra we are not trusting a windfall, you know, like God. We're trusting a rock. We're trusting God, who is everlasting, who is always faithful, who is always loving, who, even though he's challenging and demanding, it's because he's the best for us. When something is hard, it's because he's forging our hearts. So we should learn more from Mary that she didn't know that what will happen. She knew that the Messiah will suffer. That's the other thing that is really brave. She knew there was suffering in the horizon because she knew that the Messiah will suffer because that was in, in Scripture, in the prophecies. And she still said yes, but she didn't know what, what you know, like the, the, the terms of the contract. She didn't know that. And she just signed the contract with her yes. So she trusts, and she says, okay, do whatever you want with my life. Because she knows that his plan is perfect. And you know what, as well? Because she knows that she has a role to fulfill in the plan of salvation. And you also have a role to fulfill in the plan of salvation. And that's a very important fact that we need to realize. What you do. And what you don't do have consequences. He has a mission and a plan for you. But not only for you, for your happiness, but you are the piece, a piece of the puzzle for the plan of salvation of humankind. So we have to have generous hearts, not only for our own happiness, but for other people's happiness as well. So she knows that her yes is important and necessary. And she knows, and this is when we don't really feel like it, because sometimes women can be really, we can be really spoiled as well, right? If we feel like it, if it feels right, if it fits in my plan or in my concepts or my paradigms or you name it. But she knows that her happiness is in the fulfillment of that role. We can be really winful and we can be really spoiled, but you know what we can be as well? We can live sacrifice because we're called to motherhood. Spiritual motherhood, physical motherhood, it doesn't matter. We're called to motherhood. And that means that we're called to sacrifice and to heroic life. And that's what really fulfills us. She was born for that. You were born for the mission that the Lord gave you. So there's similarities in Mary's life and in our life. There's a lot of differences, but there are similarities. So not looking, of, not looking for having everything under our control, everything figured out, 
everything according to my plans, but everything according to God's plan. She knows that that is the best option, to trust in God. Even when things are a bit blurry, she searches, she listens, and she welcomes. She says, yes. And then the third one. So search, welcome, and there's coherence. That's the third point. Coherence is the third dimension in Mary's faithfulness. Like it's the third point in Mary's faithfulness to God's plan. Coherence consists, and this is a word that, I don't know, it's very common in Spanish. Is it very common in English, more or less? Okay, coherence consists on living according to what you believe. Okay? A coherent person accepts who they are and they live according to it. Okay, there's a coherence between what I think and what I live. There's consistency. Okay, so that means that I accept and Mary accepted incomprehension and persecution and difficult times. She rejects everything that brings a conflict between what she believes and what she lives. Because what she believes and what she lives, it's the same thing. Incoherence is between, you know, it's like conflict. It's like this doesn't really go according to this. So she lives according to who she is. Okay, hopefully now it's making more sense. Okay, so she remained faithful to her identity, basically. She remained faithful to her mission, and everything in her reflects that. Okay? Even with the painful circumstances of her life, she was always persevering in fidelity and to, his, to the Lord and his plan. At Bethlehem, when they didn't find room in the inn, she kept going, trusting in the wedding of Cana, okay? I don't know if, if, if you know this, but in the wedding of Cana, the wedding of Cana, do they know this? Yes? Okay, good, okay. In Cana, you know, Jesus says, like, what do we have to do with these people, woman? Like, why am I going to help them? Well, he's not saying that. But he said, what do we have to, like, what do I have to do with, the, with them? They're like, with this, this is not my hour. And she trusts. She trusts that the Lord will do something. And something very mysterious happens there because then you see this communion between the two of you and she knows that, she's going to do, that he's going to do something. But my point is that there were things, that sometimes things happen that from our human eyes will be like, whoa, this is hard, you know, like, he, he, is he saying no to Mary? Like, what happened here? But she is faithful, but she knows, she trusts. In the finding of Jesus, when he gets lost and then he's found in the temple and young Jesus tells to her mother that he has to, to mind his, his father's businesses, basically, at the temple. And she that didn't understand, but she trusts. When before, when he's born and, and the shepherds and the, and the wise men come to see him, and all these, you know, like people is coming to see and adoring his, his babe, her baby. She doesn't understand everything that is happening, but she knows God's plan is being fulfilled. 
Okay, so when all these things happened, there's a phrase that St. Luke keeps giving us. Mary kept all these things, meditating them in her heart. So when she didn't understand, she kept the things in her heart and she meditated them in her heart. Why am I saying this? Because it's like sometimes when things are a bit hard or when we don't fully understand or we don't know what to do, we sometimes just give up and let go. But we have to keep in mind, maybe God is telling me something. Maybe there's something that I need to keep in mind. Maybe I'll understand later. And she keeps trusting. So there's coherence. Because it's not that she stops being really faithful to God or really trusting in God when things get hard. She's actually still, still being strong in her faith. So in her faith. So she's not passive. Okay? Because St. Luke tells us that Mary does not only keep the words in her heart, but she meditated in them. She linked events. She made effort to comprehend the words of God. At the presentation, when she's told that a sword will, will pierce her heart, she, she meditated these things in her heart, even though she didn't comprehend. So there are many moments in Mary's life that she's trusting. Okay? That's an important point. She believes, and this belief informs her life. This belief shapes her life. That is to be coherent. In every circumstance of her life, her faith is shaping her actions. There's no rapture. There's no conflict. There's no crack between her faith and her life. Her faith shapes everything in her. That's why when we all, every time we see Mary, and even with the statue, it's amazing. Every, every time we see an image of Mary, everything in her speaks of Jesus. That's coherence. Because she belongs to him. Everything that we listen and hear and pray and read in scriptures about Mary is about Jesus. That's coherence. There's no opposition. There's no conflict. That's the way it should be. Everything runs smoothly. She's the mother of God. She's meant to lead us to Jesus. And every time we look at Mary, she's doing that. How many times our life is not really coherent? We are someone. We are called to something. But if someone comes with a magnifying glass in the story of our life, sometimes there are many, many, many cracks. So we have to get to know Mary a bit more deeply to understand how did she live this coherence. Everything in Mary speaks of Jesus. Everything in Mary speaks of truth, of beauty, of goodness. She is a woman of faith, and everything in her speaks of faith. She is the mother of mothers. Everything in her speaks of her yes to God. Under coherence is another topic that is very linked because, okay, Everything in her speaks of her love to God. Everything in her is faith, as I was saying, is trust. But everything in her, everything about Mary, is about love. And love in its fullness. Total oblation, total self, total gift of herself. So we, as women, um, love is a very important topic. Okay? 
affection, being affectionate, is something really important for us. We live it in, di in different ways. We all are affectionate and we live the love that we live and the care that we have for other people in a different way. From our personality, our character, our, you know, like who we are is different. But, we, but love is a very important topic for us. And the way we love many times defines who we are in us women particularly. So it's important to understand how Mary is the model of, of love as well. I think the most important thing to understand in her is that every single moment of her life, because she's coherent, is about loving others and loving the Lord. That's the heart of it. That's the essence. We could say that her strength is love. We women have love as a strength in life. It's what, what drives us. We feel the need of an affectionate love for the Lord Jesus, and we see in the Gospels how he appreciates his love towards his own person. Talking about another Mary, Mary of Bethany, in the Bible we read, he, she throws herself to his feet, anointing him with perfume, and Jesus defends her when she is judged. This woman just comes into the room, and she throws herself onto Jesus, and she starts crying and kissing her feet. That's a pretty strong sign of love. So Jesus actually, he values this, this, this affection that women, that we live, okay? This is a sinful woman, but she's full of love. And she repents and she kisses her, his feet and washes them with her, heel, with her tears and dries them with her hair. These are very feminine responses. This is faith impregnated with love. So our faith has to be nourished by our love. This immense love for the Son is shown to us by Mary, the mother. Loving Mary and reaching her heart, we discover that it belongs completely to Jesus. Everything in Mary, as I was saying, points towards the Son. We cannot understand Mary but through Jesus. So, Mary's heart belonged to Jesus. For many of you, the majority of you are called to marriage. And that means that your heart will also belong to someone else. <laughs> but first of all, it has to belong to Jesus. And from there, he will teach you how to love someone else. Because that's from everything. He is the source of love. He is the model of ultimate love. He's the model, he is the model of how to love other people. I could go on and go and go on, but that's another talk. That's another topic. So, <laughs> but basically my point is that everything in Mary is about Jesus. Her heart belongs to him. And that's what we have to strive for. So we have to in intensify our love for Mary. Allowing Jesus to take us to Mary and discovering in her the loving maternal heart that is her strength. And that's my next point. So I was saying that we have the search, welcoming, coherence, and within coherence we have um, yeah, oblation and love. And the next one, same as oblation and love, 
under coherence is maternity or motherhood. That's something that characterizes us. I'm going to just to explain just a little bit more about that. As I was saying, um, motherhood, okay, it's intrinsic, is basically part of being woman. Some of us are called to live marry, um, motherhood in, an in a spiritual way. And many of you are called to be mothers also in a physical way, okay? But all women are called to be mothers. Because to be a mother is to bear life. To bear spiritual life. And to bear physical life as well. Is to nourish others. To nourish other people. To help them to grow. To give them life. So when we want to understand ourselves as women, we have to understand ourselves as mothers as well. So that does not only mean that we are meant to just have many little people around us when we are older. It means that, we, that God has called us to form others. To educate others. But how am I going to educate others if I am not educated first? That's why I need to be totally his. If I need to be totally centered in the Lord so I can actually help others to grow in their love for him as well. Who else, who but Mary uh, is going to teach me how to be a mother? She's the mother of mothers. Something really important about motherhood is that we have a special, it's a mystery. It's like we are called to care for other people. We have a, spe a specific, like, and we know this, like, we know it in, in secular terms, but it's very important to understand in, in, in faith language as well. And it's something that we know. It's like we know that women are caring, that women are, have this capacity. We have this capacity to, to see people, to, to know people, to get to know people, to be committed to others. Well, girls, that's part of your vocation of being women. And that's something that we need to nourish. Not looking first at ourselves, but reaching out to others and look at others. We have this capacity to see the other person and to love them and to reach out and to care for them and to take care of them. That's, that's motherhood. To nourish others. And with that comes spiritual life. We know that while man looks for strength towards the outside, women seek intimacy. So this characteristic is actually an asset for us to help us in our personal encounter with the Lord. We have a special, because I don't want to say better, but we have a special disposition for prayer and encounter, being women. So we have to ask Mary to help us to have that communion with the Lord 
because she's the one who, ha who, who has the most beautiful communion with the Lord amongst all of us because she was his mother. So we have to nourish that spiritual life. We have to nourish our life of prayer, our spiritual life. We know, I know, you know, that life is busy, that life is fast, that the days go by, that there's so much to do. And sometimes we make ourselves be busy. Sometimes we don't really have a lot of stuff to do, but we just think we do. And we have to be very careful with that because we have to remember that being is before than doing. Before that doing. Well, yeah, you get it. Before doing. Thank you, girls. Okay. Being is before doing. Because doing is an expression of being. So you need time for yourselves. Not to be selfish and me time. That that's, you know, that's unfashionable right now. Me time. But me time is also God time. Let's understand it's a nourished time. Growth time. Peaceful time. So make sure you have time for prayer, for reading. And prayer in any shape or form, like go to the park, you know, like, of course, go to the church, speak with the Lord, tell him about your day, tell him about your feelings, tell him about what you didn't like, what annoyed you, what made you sad, what made you happy. Sometimes when we go prayer, praying, and especially at church or adoration, sometimes we, we suddenly realize that we are, we are going through our to-do list for tomorrow, right? And then I was like, oh my gosh, where I, you know, like, oh, God is here, you know? And that happens, and you're like, and you feel bad, and you're like, what do I do? Okay, if you're thinking of something else when you are praying, maybe that's material for praying. Because if you're worried about something, May, why not speaking about that with Jesus? Like, basically what I'm trying to say is we have to be, we're called to be spiritual. We have the gift of being able of being spiritual, of having God at the center of everything that we do. So we shouldn't understand my life and the things that I have to do and my relationship with God. It can be all one thing. So you pray, you tell him about the things that you're going through, the things about your, you care about, and the things that you have to do as well, because he's the one who is actually going to, to give you the grace to do whatever you have to do. So um, basically, nourish your spiritual life. Don't get caught in the busyness of life. Because being is before doing. So give time to yourself to be and to be with God, to be with yourself. And you will realize that when you are with yourself, you are with God because the Holy Spirit lives in you. Okay. After coherence, consistency or perseverance. I think that's an easy word. Perseverance. Okay. So search, welcome, coherence, and perseverance. Okay, so I was talking, coherence is about reflecting in everything that we do who we are, right? But pers perseverance is also about persevering along the way. Okay, so basically it's like 
It's the proof of all fidelity. It is firmness in our option, whatever happens. Mary is a faithful virgin. She is a witness of persevering infidelity. She remained firm and faithful her whole life, every single day of her life. She was faithful to the plan that the Lord had for her. And we are called to be faithful to God every moment of our life. That is why it is necessary for us to make our fidelity constant. So basically my point is, every moment, every day, every moment is an occasion for you to say yes to love. Um, I don't really know you personally, each of you, so I don't really know what each of you go through. But maybe there's something that is important to explain at this point. Sometimes, especially, yeah, everybody. Sometimes, at one point in our lives, we start to, we, in our faith, we start to understand that we have to be faithful to God, and that God has a plan for us, and we have to be faithful, and we have to be saints, and that's about being faithful. But sometimes this, this is still a part in our brain that we think that our happiness then has to be sacrificed for that. And, and that's like, yes, but I have to do it for the Lord. So I, I, there are things that I have to give up. And that's true. There are things that we need to sacrifice and we have to give up. But there is something really important. When I'm talking about being faithful every day, it's about being happy every day. Okay? There are some people nodding, so that's good. <laughs> But, and that's a really important point. Uh, being women, men, it doesn't matter. But I just thought it was important to point it out and to put it out there. That's really important because God, girls, created each of you in a unique way. He created you all different. That means that he created you with a specific plan. But you also have to remember that God is love. And when he shaped your hearts, when he created you, he planned for you a plan with love because he's love. And everything that comes from him is with love. So he who is all perfection and all goodness and all love and all joy, of course, he created a plan for you that is full of joy and perfection. So when we walk in God's plan, that's actually our true happiness. And that's why it's so important that we stop during the day and we pray and we think about our life. And that's why it's so important also that throughout the day when we are crazy and active and busy, we make sure that we are being in tune with God because that, that's actually your happiness. Because when he created you, he planted a seed in you. This is a metaphor, of course. But he, pre he planted a seed in you. And your life is about that seed growing and becoming a plant and then a tree. So basically, in the same way that a seed of an apple won't become a pear or a banana, in the same way, you... God has a unique plan for you and your happiness and your fulfillment goes according to God's plan. 
So there's no way that you're going to be happy if it's not according to God's plan. That's why we make an effort to be faithful to God. Okay, so it's important to persevere and to be faithful because of that, because we trust that God has a plan for love, of love and happiness for us. Okay, so by the grace of God, we took and followed Mary's example to be constant in our path towards our own salvation, in our path towards heaven, but in our path towards true happiness. Mary said yes to the Lord, not only at the Annunciation, but through her whole life. And she said yes, the fullness of that yes was at the foot of the cross. Mary is, as I was saying, Mary is not just a, preci a precious jewel that we are to admire, but she's a strong, heroic woman who was standing at the foot of the cross when her son was dying and being crucified. I want to be like that woman. When we look at Mary at the foot of the cross, that's the fruit of perseverance every day. It wasn't just out of the blue like, oh, suddenly I'm here. It's because she went all the way till the end. And that's what we long for. We want to be women who are heroic, who are strong, who are firm, but are also loving and tender. Have you all watched The Passion of the Christ, the movie? Well, if you haven't, you should. But basically, why am I talking about that? Because I think that depiction of Mary is really beautiful and really powerful. Because sometimes we think of Mary at the foot of the cross just, you know, like on the ground, suffering and crying. But she was standing, St. John says. That speaks of a woman who is strong and firm and faithful and full of hope. Because she knows that's not the end. I think that's the kind of woman that we want to be. So that's our model. We're not looking at a naive, you know, like just beautiful woman that is up there in a statue. And we're like, oh, well, you know, like airy fairy. Mary is not airy fairy at all. She's very, very real. And she's the fullness of every single bit virtue that we decide to live. She's strong. She's faithful. She knew poverty and suffering. She had to fly. She has to live. She had to live in exile. She had to be at the foot of the cross. And she lived this with fidelity. Are we strong women like Mary? Are we faithful to the Lord in the test, the sufferings and mortifications? Do we, have we learned to accept our own crosses in our lives? Do we, take, we, do we share in the sufferings of our brothers and sisters? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves. And these are questions that Mary can help us to answer. So how do we get closer to Mary? How do we, these are like characteristics, but how? How do we, I grow closer to Mary? I think um, there the, the are important things, but I think the most beautiful way to, to know Mary is by praying the rosary. Why? 
because in our faith we are meant to, to grow, and this is something that I've always talked about. We have to, to, we have to grow as a whole. We're a unity. We, we have a mind, we have a heart, and we have a body. So we are meant to grow in our faith in our mind, to learn, to be formed, in our heart, to love our faith, but also to live our faith. Because we are not only our minds and our ideas and our knowledge. We are not only our feelings and our emotions. And we are not only what we do. We are a unity. And everything means to shape the other aspect of our lives. So I think the rosary actually helps us a lot to know Mary, to love Mary, and to be like Mary. Because if you really think of the mysteries of the rosary... They, they teach us about Mary. We meditate on, on the verses of the Bible, on the passages of the Bible that, that speak of Mary and the doctrines of the faith about Mary. Um, so it's important to learn more about the mysteries of the rosaries of, as well. Not only just to pray them, but actually do some research or maybe ask the sisters and le the leaders to, to help you how to learn more about these mysteries who speak about the life of Mary. Because we can learn more about Mary. Because I, I, have was, I was talking, you know, like she searched, she was welcoming, but it's like, okay, but how, when? That's in her life that we can learn from, about her life. So it's important to know Mary and the, and the rosary actually, the praying the rosary actually help us a lot. We are to love Mary. To pray the rosary help us to grow in our love for Mary. Because someone, I heard once someone saying, well, I don't feel like praying the rosary because it's long and boring and da da da, all these stories that we have when we sometimes, you know, we want to make excuses or we are tired actually. It's like praying a rosary to Mary is like giving a rose to your mother. It's a gift, it's an act of love. I'm loving her. I'm being open with her. I'm, I'm doing something to be closer to her. Just the act, just the decision of praying your rosary, it's already taking you closer to Mary, bringing you closer to her. And how to be like Mary? Well, once you have learned more about Mary and growing your love for Mary, that will inform your life. That will actually translate into, in your daily life. And then you'll have this habit of thinking and then loving that and then living according to that. So they, I have this faith that I am meant to believe, but I am meant to love what I believe because then it's not just a belief, but something that I love, and then it's something that I live. And that's a formula for everything in your life. You remember Mary meditated all the things in her heart? That means that Whatever happened in her life, she thought, God, why are you telling me this? Or what do you want from this? She was thinking. But she also adhered, adhered to it in her heart. And then she lived according to it. So I think praying the rosary is a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful means to, to get to know, to love, and to, and to be like Mary in daily circumstances. I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> That was Lorena Porta Carrera with Mary, woman and mother. 
for more talks from the Immaculata Mission School 2013, visit cradio.org.au.